Welcome to Miami Creators. I am your host, Corrado, and each week I bring you the inspiring stories behind Miami's most influential businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, and more. For today's episode, I had the pleasure and privilege of sitting down with Alan Martinez. Alan is an international wedding and lifestyle photographer whose studio focuses entirely on servicing high-end luxury brides. Alan's unmistakable style and approach to photography has opened doors for him to photograph clients in Thailand, Ukraine, Bali, Australia, Cuba, many parts of Europe, and more. On today's episode, we discuss the similarities between his approach to business and raising his two boys, the importance of learning to deal with failure, and so much more. It is clear there is much to be learned from his success but his ability to manage all of this and lead a genuinely inspiring life and family is what makes him truly remarkable. Please enjoy this stirring and heartening conversation with Alan Martinez. Alan, brother, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Dude, we're going to cover all of your business success, we're going to cover all the crazy antics that you're always up to. All of the things that make Alan Alan, right? But <laughs> the one thing that I want to start off with is probably what I admire the most about you. What is that? Um, it is how you're raising your boys. Oh, and man, thank you. I have to share something that you shared recently on Facebook. And I'm going to read your post. And then I want you to tell the listeners. Yeah. What inspired that? What was happening? What was going through your head? The post said, may you and your brother have many more moments like this to remind you that one, nothing is given and things are earned. Two, real life has wins and many losses. And three, mom and dad will always be there to support you through everything with endless love. I wish the, the viewers could see the video that follows that statement. It's something that I believe 100%. So the premise of that quote is because we were just in an MMA competition with my sons who are six and seven years old. And the six-year-old lost his first match by submission. So, you know, he was put in a pretty bad situation there where he ended up crying and obviously lost the match against the more advanced kid. But that's fine. I didn't even tell him that because at the end of the day, I believe that you have to go through life and endure a little bit of pain and adversity. And you got to take the wins with humility, but you got to take the losses in a big way and understand that life is not going to offer safe spaces. It's not going to uh, give you participation trophies. It's not going to make anything easy for you. You know, you have to learn how to lose to grow. And I always tell my kids that you either win or you learn. And yesterday he learned. And also, you know, at the end of the video. I love that you, you either win or you learn. That's right, brother. You either <laughs> win or you learn. I read another parent, uh, another parent's post on Instagram that same day that his kid lost against my other kid. And he said, life has two flavors, winning or losing, and you got to eat. Mm. You know, so... It's just so many lessons learned from this contact sport at such an early age. And they need to understand that, number one, they're doing something that 99% of people will not have the courage to do. 
to join a contact fighting sport and then on top of that to you know go on and compete at such an early age but it's such something that i believe it's such a strong building foundation for for kids these days you know with the whole bullying thing and participation trophies and safe spaces and things like that that don't build the character you need to succeed in life right to be a strong leader to be a you know a person with with the courage to accept other things including losses um so you know he he lost three fights that day and my other son won two he got two golds and one silver but the silver one that he that he lost to me was the biggest win for all of us because he he won the first two and i think he got complacent and i think he just mm. took it for granted and lost his third fight so i think that the last loss was the biggest win wow. you know yeah it was an amazing tournament it was our first participation in anything like that and i think i came out of there so stoked and i can't wait so for the next one so what's going through your head so you're watching your boy get tapped out and i just want to kind of dive a little deeper into that moment where as a dad you're you're hurting you're right. oh man this yeah. sucks and your kid is hurting but at the same time you know that this is this is right. a lesson and so yeah. talk to me about how you approach that you know i was kind of prepared for that knowing that he's very young in the sport he's a big boy so because of his weight he had to um move up in category so i knew that there was a big chance that he would lose and of course he had to the only the only boy that he could fight in his weight category was a more advanced boy so i was ready for his loss the question is was he ready for his loss you know wow. and and all the coaches and everything like that they, they always tell you win or lose support your kid 100% when he comes to you and just you know it, it's already good enough that they're there competing in such a rough sport at that age so not only was i ready for him to lose but i was ready to embrace him and support him and tell him how proud i am of him and that's what made me write that and and you know it resonated that the messages have been flowing in both platforms um instagram and facebook of people you know moms of course oh i'm crying i can't i can't take this but but some of the other parents are like yeah that's very important i did the same thing when i was growing up and having you there by the sideline to give him that hug when he came right. running crying to you that's so important right and i think you know we'll get into it in a second your business successes and everything but i think that is a perfect example of how if that's the way you're approaching raising your kids that's definitely carrying over to your business and the, the way that you look at everything so you know i just want to commend you for the fantastic job that you're doing i always no, tell thank you man i tell my wife not the often i'm like when i see things like this i have two young daughters eight months yeah. and four years old those are the things that when i see them i'm like there's hope for them in the future to find strong exactly, exactly. gentlemen that are kind and someone to look forward to meeting down the road after they're 30 because they're only going to start dating right. when, when they're 30 of course up until then it's going to be dad and daughter dates so and they got to be your exact replica of course 100 so. yeah, yeah they got to be bald bearded yeah, yeah exactly. that's right that's so. right no man i think you couldn't have picked a better topic to start this podcast i'm sure we're going to get into um business success and everything like that but i think that you know, we're building successful people here. So you couldn't have picked a better way to start this because without this foundation, 
you can be a successful business owner or a successful um, entrepreneur or or work for a team, you know, expecting that if you lose, the world is going to end. Right. And um, God forbid you have an argument with your boss in the future. And, and, you need to know how to take a punch in the face. Absolutely. In this case, literally. <laughs> literally, man. I mean, yeah, I think this will definitely prepare them for that. You know, you're going to have differences with your employees, with your team members, things like that. And you need to be able to, to put up with that and come out winning on the other end, yeah. you know? Either winning or learning, right? Absolutely. You either win or you learn. Right. So for those that may be tuning in, Give a little bit of an intro to who Alan Martinez is, your business, all of that. Well, Alan Martinez, I've been a photographer for about 14 years. Before that, I was a computer engineer. And after traveling through Paris and took some pictures that I thought at the time were good, I look at them now and they're good, but they definitely need some improvement. <laughs> after traveling through Paris, um, came back home and started getting more and more and more into photography. And a year later, I had a whole year's worth of weddings booked. And okay. here I was with a high-paying job, full-time engineering job, and... What kind of engineering? Computer engineering. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I was working for the local power company here, Florida Power and Light, and I had a good-paying job there. But I was enjoying a lot more what I was doing on the weekends, you know, the feedback I was getting from the clients I was photographing and just the immediate reaction to, to my work, which apparently... You know, people took a liking to, and that's why I was able to book a whole year's worth of weddings within a year. It got to a point where I had to make a decision whether to continue the double life, two jobs, running during lunch to the office and making appointments, the weekend warrior that they call us. And I did. I took a dive, and I've never looked back since. It's been 14 years since I did that, and it's been the best decision I've ever made. You know, Talk about the business today. What kind of services are you doing? What kind of people are you servicing? So today we are 100% luxury market weddings, and we travel all over the world for wedding photos. We've been as far as Thailand, Ukraine, Bali, Australia, other parts of Europe, many times to Paris, Cuba. Um, and um, we have a very, very specific clientele that likes our photos and they just, they fly us all over the world for our work. For the listeners tuning in, when you say luxury, you mean real luxury. Like it's not like the average wedding that you go, oh, this is a nice wedding. Right. This is, they're going all out. Yeah. So our average weddings, um, not that they spend with us, but what they spend on the wedding is anywhere between um, 250000 to maybe a couple of million Right. So that's definitely uh, an affluent demographic for sure. Let's talk about the evolution of the business. Both the good good moments, things that looking back, you go, holy crap, that was a really good decision. Right. Also some hurdles along the way that you go, man, I'm glad we made it through that. And this is what we learned from those moments. Right, right, right. Well, it's evolved from my parents' garage to a 7,000 square foot studio where we were able to basically, uh, it was our playground, you know, we were able to to do whatever we wanted in there. And um, as far as pivotal moments that made me change the way we are, where we are today is, um, I'll never forget this, I think it was like two years into the business or, or maybe less, a year or so. And there was a show coming to town, uh, which at the time I thought it was a big deal. It was the first ever show by The Knot. 
uh, publication from for for weddings and stuff like that, and they were doing their first ever show anywhere in the country, and it was considered to be a a luxury wedding show at the Four Seasons in Brickell, and I wanted to participate. And I spoke to the local rep and she said, well, you know, I would love to have you there, but your prices are, are too low to be included into the luxury market that we are um, going after. And I'll never forget this because I had, um, I think I had $4,000 in the, in the business bank account and it cost $3,000 to participate on the show. So I paid for my table there at the show, $3,000 later. And I doubled my prices to be able to participate wow. in that. And then overnight, we got into the luxury market and we've never gone back to any, anything else. So $4,000 in the bank, $3,000 or more to get into it, plus all the things that I had to print to to have right, as collaterals yeah. for the show and to, yeah, because you can't just show up. Yeah, and it's not just a table. table. You got to bring your stuff <laughs> and you got to pay pay staff to go there with you. Actually, it was my wife I think that did that with me. But um, you know, we came out of that show very successful. Uh, booked a bunch of weddings from that show, and even then, you know, my prices were lower than what they are now. You know, what would you say sets Alan Martinez photography apart from? you know, other photographers out there? You know, I get, I get asked that question very often and my response, it always comes down to the fact that we care a lot. We care, I believe that we care a little more than most. I always tell my staff and the people that, are, that work for us either on a contracting basis or, or anywhere at all that you can't put captions in your final work. You can't put a caption in your picture saying that picture sucks because X, Y, Z. So if X, Y, Z is not working, we change X, Y, Z. We go right. to the plate, we go to the ballroom. And if something, if we, if we got to take pictures and the guests are about to walk in and you know, you got to take those ballroom pictures and there's people walking around, not letting you take your pictures instead of taking a picture with people walking around in your pictures, you get on the microphone and you clear the ballroom. If you go to the bride's room and it's, it's a big mess and you want to take pictures in there, you call housekeeping and have them come up and clean the room. Or you ask the bridesmaids to help you tidy up the room for pictures. You just do whatever you got to do. You can't have captions in your final work. That's I love right. that. So we just do what we got to do, but we care a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just weddings, right? I and throughout the years, I've I know that you've gotten involved yeah. in other creative projects through your photography, right? Yeah. So it's like whether it's cooking books or anything. So talk a little bit about those things that your brand has kind of gotten into. Yeah. So I think that photography itself is a field that you can go into many different fields because you provide visual assets for anything at all. Really, you know, you can not only do you make people happy, but you provide something that people something tangible that people can see for many years to come. And because of that, many different people want your want you want to collaborate with you want want you to be part of a project. And um, that's what you mentioned about the cooking book. There's a, a very uh, dear friend and amazing chef here in Miami called Chef Adrian. And her and I collaborated on a, on a cookbook where I brought in my sort of sexy style of photography to a, a book that's meant for, for couples to engage and have time for each other on a quiet night. Every recipe, it's 
paired with a picture that I took that's sexy in nature. And um, it's all meant to spice things up and, you know, create connection between you and your partner. So that was that was a great book. That was a great project that, uh, that I was a part of. What are you usually turning to get ideas and get inspired on how to approach the business side of things, but also how to approach the the finished product, the photography itself? Yeah. So back in the day, I used to um, I used to look through a lot of magazines, you know, on uh, just for picture ideas and things like that, and and magazines not in the wedding field, you know. So I used to get I used to get inspiration for my pictures from other realms of, of photography. Like what? Vogue. Okay. You know, Vogue, um, especially uh, anything European. Um, Europeans have always been ahead of us in the image department. So I used to pay $30 a month or something like that for the Vogue Paris edition to be shipped to me from the Barnes & Nobles in New York every month. I think it's, I think I have a box full of them around here. But that was in, in the early stages. Um, then I believe um, a big part of my inspiration for doing anything in life after that came from traveling. So we are heavy on travel. Obviously, uh, that's a side effect of traveling for weddings. Um, you know, I would make a little vacation out of it and, and just became an addict of, of traveling. And traveling, you do get a lot of inspiration for anything you want to do, you know, whether it be a a restaurant, the name of a restaurant, the menu on the restaurant, the decor, a store, art gallery, anything at all, the, the, the architecture of a building. You know, I remember I went to um, Prague one year and I stayed in a very funky hotel where the receptionist desk was a Mini Cooper cut in half with Romero Brito branding on it. And that was their desk. So I told my wife, one day I want to have a desk where it's just nice. a car, you know, like that, cut in half. I never ended up doing that, but that was just an inspiration that I wrote it down. That's another thing. I write things down when I travel. Okay. So easy these days with the iPhone to snap a picture and put it into my OneNote application where I keep everything there. I have folders and folders and folders of inspiration. So, you know, that's what keeps me going. Looking down the road three, five years ahead. Where do you see the industry going? Where do you see things going, especially with social media these days, how things right. are changing? As we speak right now, my my process of doing things is changing a lot because I started a YouTube channel, which is something that I should have done 10 years ago. But I'm putting a lot of emphasis into that. And um, this has opened a few opportunities for me to collaborate with people in my own industry, outside of my industry, you know, and I definitely see social media having a big impact, but that's that's nothing new, nothing, everybody knows that. I do see a little bit of desperation out there right now and people not booking enough business and I guess dropping their prices a bit, which is causing, you know, the industry to be affected. And um, if I could say one thing would be to just trust that it'll, it'll all work out if you do things right and you have a business in plan, don't drop your prices just because everyone else is becomes a race to the bottom right it's a race to the bottom becomes a race to the bottom it's a domino effect that's just going to affect the industry and that goes for any kind of industry yeah. not just not just photography right 
So let's switch gears a little bit more on the personal side. And I think in the beginning, I, I mentioned about how I see you raising your kids and everything being one of those things that I admire the most. And I don't think I've actually ever told you this, but um, a few years back when I had a motorcycle accident, I broke my collarbone, the whole thing. You were one of two people that actually reached out that following day after you found out and you said, hey, man, heard you had an accident. Do you need help? Do you need anything in the business? And I think that speaks volumes to who you are as a person. And so I want to give you a, a chance to talk a little bit about yourself. What are your your hobbies? What are, what kind of things? How were you raised? Your background? Everything. So first of all, I was raised, I was born and raised in Cuba. I came when I was 16. I'm now 39. And um, I was raised obviously by my parents i have amazing parents but i have an um, i had an amazing grandfather you know i i believe that i am the man i am today because of my grandfather and he had the same exact values that i'm instilling into my children my grandfather had the same exact thing you know almost a little bit on the macho like guys don't cry kind of thing a little bit too much on that side a hustler you know until the day he died and um, taught me so many great values. Very, very connected with my family, very strong to the values. And as far as, um, you know, helping those in need, that's something that I think every human being should should be more aware of the people they can help. And not only because it's going to come back twofold, which is exactly what has happened every single time. And right. that's not the reason why you should help people. Yeah, of course. But... It's, it's just, just a way, byproduct. It's it is, just the way the universe, yeah, exactly. it's a definitely a byproduct. It's just the way the universe works, you know, and, and I'm raising my children to be huge givers. Um, we do things for Thanksgiving uh, every year uh, where we feed the homeless and things like that. So we've been doing it for, for like three years already. For them to, I, I, I want to raise good people, man. I want to raise right. good people. You know, when we travel out there, I make sure they see the poverty out there as well, how lucky they are to to live in a country where they can do anything they want to do as long as they put their mind to it. You know, we've been to um, we've been to Thailand and, and other uh, Southeast Asian countries where children are begging when they're four years old. Yeah, and their parents are collecting the money. As a way of putting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Complaining Absolutely. about not having the type of cereal that you want. That's right. That's right. Oh, I make sure I lay everything out for them on a daily basis, you know, whenever they complain for something. So with family, how have you seen your family influence your, your work life, your creativity? My family is actually, uh, you know, you, you talked about earlier as a, another pivotal point in, in my life. And um Becoming a father was definitely the thing that projected me into being a more, even more of an ambitious man and having bigger goals, but at the same time, a smarter one, meaning um, doing all those things, but still having time to spend with my family. They're very active boys. They play lots of sports, instruments. They're involved in, in, in school activities and things like that, so having the time to be there for them is is key and the only way that you can do that is if you design your life so you you got to design the life you want to live 
you know. So if you want to work 80 hours a day and then never see your children, if that's what you design, that's what you'll get. But if you get a call from a client and like most clients try to tell you, I have no time to meet for my wedding because I work nine to five. Can you please meet at 8.30 p.m.? So before children, I would be, I would probably be a little bit less hesitant and I would probably be like, okay, you know, let's, let's talk at 8.30. But at 8.30 is when today is when I'm finishing homework with one of my kids, putting them to bed, you know, snuggling a little bit in bed, maybe watching a little bit of YouTube with them. They love watching YouTube with me. So 8.30 definitely does not work for a meeting. So how about your lunch hour? Right. You know, I know you have a lunch hour. Can right. we meet then? Yeah, but, you know, um, I'm all the way in Brickell and you're all the way in South Miami. Well, you know, I, I can come to you. Right. If, if you can make it to my office right. during your lunchtime, which I understand you only have an hour and I want to spend an hour talking to you about my business and why you should hire me, then I'll go to you. And that extra half hour of travel time that I give, give up by traveling to the client and meeting them at the lunch hour. Saves you that hour of time with your kids at night. That's right. Yeah. You got it. You know, if um, a lot of the times they want to meet on Sundays, and Sundays is my sacred family day. So how about another day? Right. I know you got Sundays free to meet with every vendor out there, but how about another day? You know, how about a FaceTime call on on Tuesday at 4.30? Right. I have a client that gave me this amazing quote one day that it says, um, lead the life you want to live, mm-hmm. you know? So I lead a life that's a healthy lifestyle, spending lots of time with my family. And every time I book an international wedding, I somehow make it work so I can take my family with me. And that has given me amazing memories all over the world with my family and obviously with an expense attached to it. But it's not, whenever I get that opportunity, it's not if we can do it, it's how we can do it. Right. You know, so whenever, you know, I get a job in Paris, for example, you know, you want to take your family, you know, that's going to be $5,000 before you even get there. Right. You know, just leaving the house is $5,000 already. And, you know, when you have to factor that into a job, then you got to make sure you're not in the negative. Right. You know, so it's yeah, not. at the end of the day, you're still running. You're still running a business. You still got to make money. You still got to, you still have your profit and loss and you still have your expenses. So it's not if we can do it, it's how we can do it. You right. know. And I think that is a good example of, the typical situation where kids or or wives or husbands may start looking at a business as something that is that something that they're competing with right for the attention of the mom or the dad or whatever right right right. oh dad was always away working that was always away shooting yeah very glamorous but he wasn't around right and you found a way to kind of turn that on its head and now it would arguably be some of their best memories growing up. 100%. Oh my God, we traveled everywhere with my dad because of his job, because of what he did. Exactly. So, yep, yep, 100%. You mentioned this this quote of lead the life you want to live. 
Are there any quotes that you find yourself thinking of often or that you try to live by? That's definitely the main one. So lead the life you want to live is is definitely the main one that, you know, you show your children, you're, you're out there dealing with life on a daily basis and you open door for women. You say, thank you. You say, please, you say, excuse me. And you don't show a uh, road rage when somebody cut you off on on the road and and you which is uh, difficult to do in Miami very <laughs> difficult to do but you have to but you have to understand that you're setting an example for a mind that is like a sponge right now and they are absorbing everything that you say and do you and know we'll call you out on it quick oh you yeah. say something and you do the opposite daddy not only that, you say one bad word right? remotely. You know, we, my wife and I don't really curse too much. Um, but the, when we do, that word is engraved in their brains as if you say it every single day, every minute, <laughs> on the, every hour on the hour. And you're getting calls from school. Yeah. Hey, what's up with your boy? And you're thinking like... How in the world can that word have stuck to you so of all easily? the things yes, I say? Yes, of all yes, the things. E- exactly. You, you know, of all the things I say, and I try to lead. I have like big messages every time I talk to them. You know, like we're doing this because of this. You know, we're getting ice cream because you guys showed effort and you guys gave it your all. And they pick up on the and one they, thing. And I say the F word <laughs> one time and that becomes like the go-to word. Daddy said. Yeah, until we have to like stick a soap yeah. dish in their mouth or something so that they don't say that word again. But, um, you know, another quote is... Uh, don't let success get to your head and failure get to your heart. You know, oh. that's a good one too. Uh, I don't even know who said that, but uh, but I, I live by that one too because, um, you know, we try so many things in life to try and come up with a business and try to improve the business to even try to even raising your children or your marriage. Anything you do, you got to put your effort towards it. And, you know, if you succeed, great. Don't let it get to your head. And if you fail, don't let that get to your heart. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there any favorite failures of yours or or things that, a better way of saying it is, something that seemed like a failure at the time, but then later up set you up for success? You know, the answer I'm going to give you, you're either going to love it or hate it. and And the answer is that I think when I fail at something, it's such a common practice for me to put it behind me right away that if I were to sit here and think of a failure that I've had, I couldn't think of one right now. And obviously, I've had countless failures. I focus on the positive so much that when I fail at something, I just, okay, what's next? What can we improve to make this failure turn into success. And what I'm trying to say is that there's very little space in my brain for remembering failures. They definitely have been there and they're they're there on a daily basis. You know, you fail at something. You know, just this morning, I have this new plan where 
where I want to wake up every day at four in the morning and um, and I know that I have a losing battle with snoozing. So just this morning, I, I snoozed, I went back to bed and sure enough, I messed up my entire schedule for the day of things that I wanted to accomplish before a certain time. So That's what's just, driving this 4 a.m.? What What's what's the goal? What's the... Well, I, I recently, like I said, I added a new project to my life. I became a YouTuber and I also have a YouTube ki- a YouTube channel for my kids and that is taking an enormous amount of time of my life to edit and shoot and prepare these videos for two channels, not only one, but two channels. So after reading and listening to other successful people out there, I've found that there's a common trend amongst those people of waking up really early at four in the morning. And since I started doing that, it's been a game changer, game changer to be done with a lot of things before the kids wake up. Then they wake up, I have breakfast with them, and then they go to school and I continue working. And by 10 or 11 a.m., I have done more than most people do by 5 p.m. Are you, follow, are you following Jocko? Jocko and, you know, yeah, yeah. That photo of like the phone every single day. Yeah. <laughs> if you could go back 10 years, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Hmm. Knowing what you know today. My advice would be to learn a little bit more about anything you want to try. The resources are out there. Before you dive into anything, just learn a little bit more, more so today that YouTube University is is out there free of charge for everyone who wants to learn anything they want to do. Back then, I would just, I would, I would do something and I would just learn with the punches. But as you learn with the punches, you know, time is ticking. So right. two years on the road. What's you, an example of something that you would, if you could go back 10 years, gather more knowledge before actually doing well for example this whole youtube thing that i'm doing now Mm. you know video editing it's only a small portion of the youtube life you know how to actually run a successful youtube channel the algorithm the analytics how to plan the 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 b-roll the a-roll things like that how to shoot there's 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 titling titling, thumbnails thumbnails. oh my god it's a whole science a whole science and um There's no time to waste right now for me to wait two years and two years back and say, yeah, I'm an expert now. But yeah, but two years went by. Yeah. Actually, a perfect example is when I took my first set of pictures, I had never taken a photo in my life. And I think they came out decent because you can't take a bad picture in Europe. You know, (laughs) turn that thing black and white and... uh, (laughs) Printed in glossy and if paper. If it's motion blur, it's oh, all romantic. Dude, if you see a motion blur, it's yeah, that's that's art, you know. Which is at the opposite end of what a lot of people also do, which is spend so much time consuming, 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 and right. learning, and tutorials, and reading. But right. They haven't picked up a camera in you know six months, and you're like, right. well, at some point you have to start. You got to put it into practice. You know? Yeah. Flip side of that question. If Alan from 10 years from now came back to today, what advice do you think you would be giving yourself today? Wow. What advice would 10-year Alan from now give me would probably be to not do so many things at the same time, to focus on less things and finish things before you, uh, you move on to the next, 
I'm known for doing a multitude of projects at the same time. And perhaps one or two of them um, fall uncompleted. So um, that's probably one that he would that he would tell me, you know. Talking about projects leads into something that I want you to spend some time talking about, which is the project with your two boys. Right. So for the listeners that don't know what that is, give them a quick run through, what it's all about, what your goal is. So it has obviously evolved as well. It started as a project where it's called Just Two Bros In, and it's a project where I take a photo of my kids looking at something iconic in every location that we are in the world. It's just them two. That's the the the, the catch of the project that is that is just two bros in the photo, regardless of where we are. And most of these places that you that you see them at any given time, there are hundreds and hundreds of tourists and all these places. And obviously through the magic of Photoshop and multi frames and things like that, um, I'm able to capture just them too, looking at stuff. And to this day, I started it um, four years, no, I'm sorry, I started it five years ago. And they have been to, they've been to 125 different places in their short life. And they know all these iconic places like the Eiffel Tower you know, the Great Barrier Reef, the uh, Notre Dame, Cuba, pretty much um, a lot of the bucket item lists that any adult wish they, they would have, they, they've been to there already. And then recently it has evolved into a YouTube channel as well, where we uh, we it's all about quality time and fun experiences, obviously heavy on travel, um, but, you know, as as... As expected, I cannot sustain a life where they travel all the time. They're young kids that they, they go to school. So we can only travel in the summer or when I have a wedding, which, you know, we ask permission from the school to be absent. But now it has evolved into this fun YouTube channel where they do fun things only. So no, no gaming um, review, no toys review or anything like that. And I hope I don't go back on that years from now and yeah our life model is more like fun outdoors experience they recently made it on weather channel too right that's right that's right that's right (laughs) thanks to you for letting me know about that yearly event that happens in miami we were there you know admiring an event that happens once a year where the tide is so high that the floods parts of Miami and I wanted them to experience that. It's called King Tide. And you told me that it was going to happen on that day. And I thought, you know, you told me that 24 hours prior to it, it happening. And we were leaving on a trip the next day. So we changed all of our plans, woke these kids up before sunrise and went over there. They experienced that. And guess what? When they saw you today, they're like, oh. King Tide dude. Yeah, King Tide dude. <laughs> so not only do they know what King Tide is, they know how it happens and the gravitational forces between the earth and the moon and the sun. And it just so happens that the Weather Channel was out there and used them and your daughter. Yeah, that's right. For an example, uh, uh, you know, to explain why King Tide happens. And, you know, 
So we do all these cool projects with them and we document them on the YouTube channel and, and it will become a library of fun activities in our lives. And I mean, think about how powerful that's going to be oh my God. when they're growing up. I, I hope for them to go back and look at. I want to ask the 10 year Alan from now, I want to ask how this project is going to be in 10 years. Yeah, I cannot even wait. I mean, if you stop today. Right. If you stopped today, that would already be yeah one hell of a project for them to look back on. That's so, right. You talked about YouTube several times. Tell the listeners what you have going on, what your channel is all about. So decided to start a channel for two different audiences, photographers and also the brides themselves or, or the couples. I feel like there's a, there's a lack of education out there for the brides tons of photographers out there teaching other photographers but i didn't think that there was enough out there of people photographers or other professionals educating the the brides themselves or the grooms and things like that different playlists per se you know for photographers for couples and things like that and we also review luxury properties around the world so every time we go anywhere to shoot a luxury wedding we do a full review on the property as well and while these days it's very hard to monetize on YouTube, you know, doing that channel has opened up a bunch of different doors for us and has put us into the content creators category, which, you know, everyone these days wants to be a content creator. Right. Luckily, we have the, the background in, in image making and the tools and the, the, the equipment that it was just a natural evolution it's a very time-consuming evolution, but it's, it was just natural for me to evolve into that. And it's, it's been great. It's been the feedback that we've been getting, it's great. Let's switch gears and let's go into the Miami rapid-fire questions. So I'm going to throw a couple of questions at you. You're a Miami boy. I want you to tell me first thing that comes to mind. Oh, right? boy. So favorite food spot and dish in Miami? Oof. Come on, this is a softball. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a little bit tougher on the on the next one. You know, it just changed to brunch. Uh, my friend Chef Agent's new restaurant cr- cracked. Their brunch is just out of this world. Okay, and so where is that? It's in South Miami. Okay, yeah, you got to try that place out. Cracked. So, as a Cuban boy, where can I find the Holy Cuban Trinity? The best pastelitos, croquetas, and colada. <laughs> And you know, it can't be your house. It can't be your right, family. Right, right. No, 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 no. I, I have to be able to <laughs> go and buy it. <laughs> you know, Versailles is definitely the place to go for anything Cuban, uh, okay. traditional, and if you want to get the real experience. But you may end up uh, engaging in a political discussion outside of it with some... <laughs> at the Ventanita. <laughs> at the Ventanita there before you get the croquetas and stuff. You're always going to hear some Cubans there talking about fidel even though he died already many years ago and and things like that but um authenticity of the cuban food there is you know it's amazing all right all right favorite way for you to spend a weekend if you're not shooting a wedding oh man traveling anywhere even if it's an hour away doing something outside of the house i i i don't like staying home i'm not a homebody at all you know, sometimes my wife's like, oh, we never do that. You know, we got to stay home more and just chill for a weekend. And I just, I feel like 
a weekend indoors is is just a weekend wasted sometimes. And so I know you're in Miami, you're not shooting a wedding, and you're not going to be able to travel outside of Miami. What's what's your if it's up to you? What are you doing here in Miami? We go to the beach. You know, we go to a park. I call my brother to hang out with so the cousins can see each other. Um, something like that. Go bike riding in the Everglades with the kids or or in Kibiscane. End up with a... With a, another video for two bros. That's right. That's right. Well, that's the thing now that, yeah, it, this, again, this has gotten busier in the last few weeks. But now the demand for these videos is more prevalent and also we also re- review in, the, in their channel we review activities fun things to do f- with kids i didn't know that yeah yeah oh. their channel has a uh, a category that's activities and we review fun things to do you know with kids and um you know we've get, we're getting requests to come out and review certain places and things like that so now our our weekends are are basically kind of like scheduled around fun activities right. which is not a bad byproduct at all goes back to that lead the life you want to live right. right you're that's right you're working but oh you're not working but you're enjoying and yeah. it's yeah that's it's fantastic. definitely work it's definitely work um <clears throat> i i wouldn't say that and perhaps if I took a simpler approach at it, I would be I would lean towards saying that it's not that much work. But we just went to Hawaii and we went on these hikes and I had a forty-five pound backpack on my back with a gimbal, a drone, a one DX Mark II, right. a seventy two hundred, <laughs> an Osmo pocket, right. two two GoPros. <laughs> microphones <laughs> so you know traveling light yeah yeah traveling light and that's just because of where we are in our career as image makers i sit there and i look at these videos that have millions of views and you know the quality is not there the content is definitely there but i'm not i i can't get behind the idea of content content is king you know and forget about the quality it's just not my way. My it's just not the way my brain is wired anymore. Right. There's only one way for me to do things right now, and that is the the best way I can based right. on based on you know the way I do things on a daily basis with photography. You right. know. So unfortunately, because of that, I cannot use a shaky video, so I got to take the gimbal. I cannot take a crappy you know drone, so I got to take the drone that I own and stuff like that. And that's why I travel with the with the big camera. So. Right. If you're stuck in Miami traffic, what are you usually listening to? Audiobooks, bro. Audiobooks? Yeah, and that goes back to you telling me um, what I would tell the Elon from 10 years ago is listen to books or read books. Read books. There's so, so much information out there by these people that have been through you know hell and back and have succeeded in the end and 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 those that maybe have not had such a hard time but have succeeded as well and they've written about it and you need to listen to those people even if it's not from this century there's a wealth of information out there um what are some of the your favorite books so far you know somebody asked you hey alan i i'm doing a two three hour trip uh, what's a, a book that I should try to plow through? You know, let me just pause here for a second while I look through my uh, Audible 
application and tell you some of my favorite books right now. Um, and even, you know, even an, at an early age uh, of me reading and listening to this stuff is something that applies to everything is, um, you know, how to win friends and influence people, for example. You know, I think yeah. everyone should listen to a book like that or any... any Dale um, Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Any... any um, any self-development books that you right. can get your hands on, you're always going to pick up a nugget here, here and there. You know, one that I that I listened to recently that was good is the the twelve week year. Okay, um, that's a that's a good one where it makes you think of a, a year as four different years. You know, so you, you it gets away from that mentality of oh this year I'm going to do something or this year I'm going to achieve this. No, no, it's this quarter I'm going to achieve that. So you become four times more more successful than if you had that yearly mentality. Um, I'm actually reading right now uh, Raising Men by uh, it's a Navy SEAL that okay. that talks about how, how he raises boys. Huh? Is that Jocko or no? It's uh, right. Eric Davis. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a few other contributors as well. I'm actually reading the the autobiography of Elon Musk okay. as well. Um, anything by Dave Ramsey that you've actually recommended to me, I've listened to because one thing I, I think... I could definitely be better at even that 10 year ago, Alan Martinez is better at managing the finances and, mm. and future expectations of that as well. Of course, rich dad, poor dad can hurt me by David Goggins. Have you heard that one? No. Oh man. Good book. Traction. Traction is my favorite business book by Gino Wigman. Gotta get, gotta, I, I gotta get on it. Gotta get on that What's one. What's it about? Traction is about um, the different things that you have to do in your business to gain traction and how to, um, it's not so much about what it's about, it's how it gives you a plan with little actionable items that let you, uh, you know, it's not these big words and plans like, you know, like get inspired by right. this and that. No, no, no. It's it's having a 10-year plan that's fed by having a five-year plan, which is fed by having a three-year plan, right. which is fed by having a one-year plan. And those one-year plans are fed by having quarterly rocks. Quarterly, he, monthly, he calls daily, them, weekly, he, he, everything. Yeah, yeah, things like that. And, you know, one uh, Microsoft Word uh, sheet with all of that there helps you visualize your your 10-year plan, which starts with your weekly plans. Very cool. You know, yeah, you got to check cool. that out traction other miami businesses entrepreneurs or people that you particularly admire that you think are worth giving a shout out or and showing some love whether it's a business that you visited lately you know you mentioned like chef adrian right or something yeah, like yeah, that so definitely. Like, something like that that anybody else that you think is worth yeah she was definitely one of the ones i was gonna th i was gonna say because um you know She's gone from having one restaurant to now three restaurants and being named a top 100 chef in the country and things like that. She's always working and, uh, you know, she has a morning show on NBC. And I think that it's it's inspiring to see somebody so young going after it so hard and, and you know, not having one success or one successful outcome limit you and stop right there you know continuing right. from going for more and more and more 
And that's the, uh, you know, that's what would impress me out of any business owner when, when you seem to be doing well and you keep on going. Very cool. Anything else that you want to share? Where can people connect with you? Find out more about what you've got going on. How can people get a hold of you? Where can they find more information about you, your projects, everything? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, well, you know, my, my website, alanmartinez.com, that has um, sort of a portfolio of, of weddings and stuff like that. Um, the YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash alanmartinez. And my Instagram is at alanmartinezphoto. You know, and that those are the three main platforms that I keep most updated. And uh, my kids' thing is um, just two bros in, and that's the handle for everything. So YouTube.com forward slash just two bros in, and the same thing for Instagram and Facebook. Cool. Yeah, man. Anything else before we say goodbye? No, nah, man. It's been a pleasure being part of your of your podcast, and I hope your audience finds some value in in. And what we talked about here today and i'm an open book you know when it comes to anything so my contact information is in all those platforms so if you need to ask me or anybody listening they need to ask me any questions i'm, I'm very much of an open book and very helpful and i um, i don't fluff any of the answers or i'm not driven by sponsors or anything like that so if you have a question about a particular product or how to do things, I'll give you the best answer I know. Awesome. All right. Alan, thank you so much, man. Pleasure being here, man. Thanks, thanks for thinking about me for this. Awesome. Hey, guys, this is Corrado again. Just wanted to share two quick things before you take off. One, for detailed show notes, recommendations of people or businesses you'd love to see featured on the show, and even more, head over to miamicreators.com. And two, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this with someone you think would find it interesting. That's it. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.